next meeting is being recorded. Hello and welcome to Critical Line Item. My name is Tom Ravlick. Thank you for joining me for this particular podcast. One of the greatest issues that the parents and uh, schools and, and society generally faces is the dangers that young people and older people uh, face online. There are all sorts of issues, whether it be uh, people wanting to groom uh, children uh, for, for the purposes of sexual abuse or, or terrorist organisations wanting to recruit people. Now, one of the critical one of the critical issues that my guest today is dealing with is how you manage all of that uh, from a very small organisation and linking up with a whole network of regulators and community groups. I'm joined by our e-safety commissioner, uh, Julian and Grant, who's going to take us through some aspects of their new strategy, uh, which is, you know, in a fairly easily accessible document, anybody can read it. And she'll take us through some of the issues and then perhaps talk a bit more about emerging threats. Julie, thank you so much for joining me. Well, thank you so much for having me and for taking an interest in um, in the e-safety strategy, which is actually a, a refresh. Um, of course, the e-safety commissioner was established in 2015. We've had seven years of runway. And because we're the first and uh, really still only online harms regulator um, of this nature, we haven't had a playbook to follow or a strategy to follow. So we've had to make it up as we, we've gone along and it's certainly, uh, we've gotten um, much more sophisticated. So I'd like to say that over our short history, that we've gone from the most important government regulator you've never heard of, and we hope to become one of the most important government regulators you hope you'll hear a lot more from. And um, so, you know, we're focused on achieving better online safety outcomes for all Australians by working across government, but um, across the interna international sector with industry, with NGOs, with academics. This is a whole of society response. Um, it's a, as, as you know, it's a big coordination effort. Almost all of our regular uh, regulatory tar targets are domiciled overseas. Almost all of the web websites, content, and conduct we're dealing with are hosted overseas. Um, so this extraterritorial jurisdiction um, adds um, a whole new um, added element, as does the strategic outlook and the, the changing technology and threat environment. If we have a look at the, the your strategic plan, uh, it's got, it, it is an interesting way of walking into this because you, you've got the, you've got the three, well, four Ps actually. Um, and the first one being prevention. What are the, what's the underlying, uh, what's the underlying sort of logic in the sort of document regarding prevention? Yeah, sure. Well, uh, you know, I think it's really important to note that um, online safety has always been a very bipartisan issue um, or a multipartisan issue, if you will. And, um, you know, when this legislation was drafted, we were we were um, designated not just the online safety regulator, but also the educator and the coordinator um, across the, the, the Commonwealth and internationally. And I think that was very smart to do by design. When I came into the role in um, January, 2017, um, you know, the, the structure was 
probably not the way that I would have, have designed it. And um, I want to contextualize and set up e-safety in a way that would not only be effective in terms of outputs, but in, it, it would be intuitive in terms of the way that people understand what it is we're doing. And this is how I came up with the the three plus four Ps. Actually, our last strategy had six Ps, so I, I skinnied down the Ps. Um, but prevention is fundamental. We obviously yeah. want to prevent the harms from um, happening in the first place. And we, I believe, have done a, a tremendous job and punched above our weight in terms of the fundamental research that we've done and the data analysis um, and the insights um, and intelligence that we've been gathering um, by dealing uh, with um, with um, at the coalface with people who are experiencing online harm, not to mention the, the platforms themselves, to develop a really robust set of resources and programs and interventions to arm citizens with the strategies and the skills they need to keep themselves safer online, to let them know um, what the tech trends and challenges are. We've got something called the e-safety guide. Um, that that people uh, look at all the time. It, you know, what are the newest um, social media sites, apps, games that that kids are using? Um, if I've just looked over my kid's shoulder and I only saw an uh, an orange um, icon, um, how can I search by looking for an or orange icon to figure out what it is um, he's actually <laughs> looking at? How do I talk to my kids about having these awkward conversations uh, about what they're doing and seeing online? And how do I do that in an age appropriate way? So we lay all of that out. Um, we literally have um, information on our website, esafety.gov.au, from cradle to grave. I mean, we, we start with um, early years education for parents because 94% of Australian four-year-olds are given access to a digital device and parents are the front line of defense all the way up into our Be Connected program, which is has got 150 different modules um, of digital literacy learning and training for senior citizens who are actually the least um, represented population online. So prevention is critical. How much of your work uh, involves, so for example, dealing with the ACCC who handles a lot of the scam type uh, work through scam watch uh, because there's a lot it doesn't matter whether people are young or old they're still very vulnerable to being conned into buying uh, buying into a, into a scam or simply clicking on something that takes them to a place they should never be Absolutely. Well, we have a very close working relationship with the the ACCC, um, with the ACSC, who works in cybersecurity, with the okay. OAIC, um, working on privacy, um, and also the ACMA, which is um, the communications regulator, and they're dealing with um, things like online gambling and uh, disinformation and misinformation. So we're, we're tightly aligned there, and we've actually just um, formed a new um, regulators network, which we reference in the uh, in the strategy of, um, of the ACCC, ACMA, OAIC, and eSafety, because we're, we're all um, digital regulators, but we all have specific domain expertise we all sit in different portfolios um, uh -huh. and you know we want to make sure that end-to-end -end regulation is consistent now where scams are concerned um, you know it's this is what's challenging about this space some of it's cybercrime some of it's 
online safety, some of it's online privacy. Um, I think you could generally categorize all of that as online harm. But social engineering, which you'd be very familiar with, is um, a key method that is used to psychologically manipulate people into doing things, whether it's um, pressing a phishing link or falling prey to a, a scam. In our line of work, um, obviously, we see a lot of um, grooming um, by um, sexual predators of children online. Sexual extortion has gone absolutely through the roof. Um, and that um, usually is happening on places like Snap or Instagram, where somebody using a fake or imposter account befriends someone, grooms them, encourages them to do um, a sexy Skype or a frisky, I, I don't know, Facebook uh, message. And um, then they extort them for money. It's a very, very dis distressing thing. So social engineering is happening across this broad spectrum. And um, so one of the things that we do, for instance, with scam watches, when we be when we're made aware of um, new scams or um, the way that fake and imposter accounts are being used, or, or um, you know, what scammers do are prey upon people's uh, worst fears, but also their best in instincts. So we often see um, scam scams happening when a tragedy has happened, whether it's a fake GoFundMe account for um, funeral expenses, or it's in the wake of disaster relief, uh, to what we're definitely seeing with um, sexual extortion, um, where, where um, there have been scam mails where people will say, um, we, we know your password and we've got your intimate images and we're going to share these with your all your family and friends unless you pay us in bitcoin so sadly it, it's rife all over the internet now we've got we're moving from the protection which we've touched on uh um oh sorry we, we, we haven't touched on protection yet we haven't we haven't uh, done them we haven't done protecting yet no we haven't done protecting yet we've only done prevention um now, what are the key what are the key things in your, in the protection space that you you'd care to highlight? Right. Well, protection is really all about um, our regulatory schemes and um, the powers that we have under the Online Safety Act. So uh, we we've had an online content scheme in place for more than twenty years um, that deals with illegal uh, hosting of illegal content, and as a result, we have very little child sexual abuse material or pro-terrorist content that is hosted on our shores. When we started in two thousand fifteen, we set up the world's first and still only. Um, youth cyberbullying scheme, where we were set up as a safety net, um, not to be content moderators of the internet, but when a child um, is seriously intimidated, harassed, humiliated, or threatened, mm -hmm. and they report to the social media site that does not come down, um, they can report to us and we advocate on behalf of that child. Um, and we have about a 90% success rate in terms of getting that um, content taken down. We had to have an image-based abuse scheme for intimate images and videos that are shared online without consent. We also have about a 90% um, success rate in terms of getting that content down. Uh, we have powers under abhorrent violent material and under the new Online Safety Act, there's a new um, adult, serious adult cyber abuse bill. So those are the individual complaint schemes. Um, under the Online Safety Act, we've been given two new powerful, what we call um, interlocking systemic and process reforms. 
one around um, mandatory industry codes, which we're negotiating with eight different subsectors of industry now, and something called the basic online safety expectations, which will enable us to compel a lot more transparency from the platforms about what they are, um, how they're living up to basic safety expectations with the goal of bringing out more transparency and accountability, but also lifting safety standards across the technology ecosystem. Yeah, on the uh, on the issue of protection, um, one of the things I've noticed uh, because of some of the work I do in the journalism that I that deal with, uh, uh, Telegram in particular does notify people how many you know, child you know, child abuse related channels they deleted each day. They notify people how many. Uh, you know, ISIS-related uh, or Islamist-related uh, channels they've deleted each day. It's clear to me that these platforms are able to do this when they get their head around what they had to manipulate their technology to be able to bump these guys off. Does it concern you that there are other areas that they still don't appear to be moving quickly on? Um, oh, yeah, well, I mean, again, there's a range of harms. Um, um, some of it is illegal, and of course, they should be directly responding to Ill illegal content. Um, it's harder to get some of it, particularly the more fringe platforms, to move on what we call seriously harmful content, uh, or you could call it lawful but awful content. Um, but of course, um, our, 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 our first priority will be, there should really be a zero tolerance um, policy um, around child sexual abuse material and pro-terrorist content or any content instructing in crime. And frankly, um, we see quite a bit of variability across the technology ecosystem in terms of the extent to which readily available technologies are being deployed to prevent, detect, and remove this kind of content. And I, I suppose I would say the limitation with the protection side of things and our regulatory schemes is regulation is applied after there has been an a report and investigation and sometimes after the harm has been done. So as you all know, we're not we're never going to totally arrest or regulate our way out of these issues, but it, it, it is an important way of remediating harm and acting as a deterrent uh, to future activities. And this is what leads us into that proactive and systemic change side of things where we really need mm -hmm. to be thinking about how do we shift the responsibility back onto the platforms themselves to be yep. assessing risk and minimizing the threat surface and building technology protections in so that their platforms aren't being weaponized um, in the way that they are. We call this safety by design and we have um, initiatives that we've undertaken with industry for four years as well as risk, risk assessment tools for them so that they can um, they can they can see industry best practice. They can also assess um, what their privacy um, and safety um, limitations are. We're also we've also got a range of tech trends and challenges briefs that you may see that um, so that we can really be actively trying to stay a step ahead. At least maybe maybe not ahead of technology. At least in step with technology as it changes and thinking about how it might be weaponized. Um, so we did the, the first one on deep fakes, but we've done them around anonymity and identity and end-to-end -end encryption. Um, most recently on the metaverse and immersive technologies and Web 3.0. And I guess the key message here is um, 
we need to keep anticipating. Like none of this should be a surprise. We arrive in the metaverse and there's there's all sorts of harm that we haven't thought about and remediated. We need to learn the lessons from the web 2.0 world and apply them towards the development, design and deployment of these new technology paradigms so that we can have more positives and minimize the negatives. But it, it, this is a problem, isn't it, Julie? We're in a phase where technology has been seen to be one step ahead of the regulatory environment. When in fact, if you look at the tech in reality, the tech, the tech itself is agnostic. Um, and the nasties will find a way of employing it because it exists. That's right. And, and, you know, in my almost 30 years working in the technology sector or as a regulator, um, there are vastly creative ways we've seen individuals misuse technology. But um, we also know that um, companies focus on minimizing security vulnerabilities and they've gotten much better at that over the past 30 years. Yeah. And they know yeah. how to design out, um, you know, um, privacy flaws. Unfortunately, safety has been neglected um, as his personal harms. And what we're arguing is that online safety should be the third leg of that stool of digital trust alongside security and privacy. Because the online harms that um, we're seeing now and are likely to come into the future, I mean, think about what could happen in the metaverse with, um, you know, you've, you've got headsets on, you can't see what your children are seeing and they can't unsee it. It's going to be content, conduct rather than content that's going to be challenging when, we're, when they're wearing haptic suits um, and their space is invaded. And we've written about, you know, the, the um, probability of virtual rape. And lo and behold, we saw tester Nina Jane Patel in the UK experience just that. We can predict what's going to happen what we need the platforms and the companies that are deploying and developing this technology and monetizing it is to stop moving fast and breaking things and to move more mindfully and use their um, incredible capacity for innovation and um, advanced technology and vast financial resources to create a safer and better online world than we have today. But that, that then, puts forward another proposition or another challenge to the uh, tech companies, doesn't it? And that is to come to people like yourself when they're developing the technology in order to work, to work lockstep so that what they do meets a regulatory environment that they're entering, but also, you know, also gives them some, uh, some, uh, notion that they won't be, you know, infringing developing regulation. Well, absolutely. And that's why we developed the safety by design risk assessment tools with industry and for industry. If, if, if you look at the tools, we surface up all sorts of best practice um, from industry. This isn't about naming and shaming. It's about showing how um, really wicked technology problems can be addressed through innovation and a little bit of investment. Um, you know, I, I, believe that if you can target people with advertising with deadly precision, you should be able to pick up um, uh, hateful commentary, known child sexual abuse material, and um, you know digital the digital fingerprints of known pro-terrorist content 
material, there's certainly a way there needs to be a will. So, um, you know, yeah. again, uh, we've got a little bit of carrot and a little bit of stick. Um, I much rather use the collaborative approach. And I think when we work collaboratively with industry, we achieve better ends. It's also why safety by design doesn't prescribe what technologies or protections they should use. Um, we believe that they will know, know best, they know their platforms best, but they just need to act. Now, we've covered a fair, fair bit of ground in, the, in the, the, the time that we've been talking. Now, where can people find more about this if they're interested in exploring this further? Um, they can go to esafety.gov.au, which is um, really our one-stop shop. It's where you can report online abuse, um, access our resources, and uh, we'll have something um, up tomorrow morning on the 24th of August uh, with our, our new strategy and strategic outlook um, on, on the homepage. Thank you so much, Julie, for joining me. I've been talking to Julie McGrant. She's the eSafety Commissioner and about their new strategy document, which is designed to try and improve people's experience dealing with the online world, as well as help companies in that space do things better. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for your time. Absolute pleasure.